We live in a world where pizza is the universal language of love, and there's an entire subculture of women out there who only want you for your beard. We get it. Dating can be ridiculous. So why not embrace it? Tinder. Swipe right. Today, we are talking about something very spooky. And I'll have you know, I'm actually recording this introduction on Halloween, which feels very appropriate because our topic today is ghosting or exiting etiquette. According to the first definition that pops up when I googled ghosting, it is the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation withdrawing all forms of communication. And then the example they list here reads... I thought ghosting was a horrible dating habit reserved for casual flings. No, my dear Google, you are so wrong. Ghosting can happen at pretty much any stage of any romantic relationship or any relationship in general. Have you ever been ghosted? I don't know why I'm asking you that, um, whoever's listening, because you can't reply. But this is just a way of me going in and saying that I've been ghosted. I wanted to share that. A few years ago, I was dating a guy. Let's call him Jim. Jim was a nice enough guy, very handsome, great cook, um, very stylish, and he was relatively funny. Jim had this funny habit of always insisting we stream episodes of The Inbetweeners um, before we had sex, which was funny. I'm a fan of the show, but in hindsight, that was pretty weird. And I think he had a fetish for briefcase wankers. Anyway... It had been a month or two of us seeing each other pretty regularly, once or twice a year, once or twice a week. I'd met some of his friends. He'd once called me his girlfriend in the back of a cab on a night out, so we were definitely seeing each other. And then one day, I texted him to organise a dinner that week, and he never responded. And you see, I'm a very headstrong person, so I didn't follow up with a "Hey, um, Jim, what's up? Like, where are you?" I didn't hit him with another emoji. I just uh, shared the silence, just never hit him up again. And that meant that we never, ever spoke ever again. And for the, for the two weeks after the lack of response, it was a bit weird. I was a bit like, this is kind of funny. But because I'm so stubborn, I just let it slide. And it's been, you know, two or three years and I... I've never seen him and I've never spoken to him again. And it's a really, really weird sensation because when you're getting to know somebody... And when you know somebody and then they disappear, it's sort of like, it very much feels like a ghost. So we've got Jack, he's sick. We've got Dom, she's husky and hungover. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Excited um, to talk, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I remain husky and hungover. Okay. You're a little bit excited though. Absolutely. We're talking about ghosting. Mm. Yeah. Well-versed. Well-versed. Have you been ghosted a lot? I think so. Yeah, different oh. ranges. Okay. From like little little scare ghosting to major scare ghosting. Right. And Jack, what about you? I uh, tend to be a ghoster. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. I. Uh, but I'll explain myself further about that in a while, I think. There's okay. Don't, don't judge me yet, listener. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was speaking to Alan, which we'll hear later in the episode, Alan Sabulia, the comedian, and he seems to think that there's two types of ghosters. There's like a savage ghoster that doesn't really care for anyone's feelings and just can't be bothered. And then there's like a more low-key ghoster who does it so that they can organise their own thoughts and then come back later. Yeah, mm. agree. So yep. I think there are two different types. Mm. But Dom, let's start off with you. What do you think is the most... Have you got any stories that you think 
we should know? I've got so many. I when I was in London and had just split up with my boyfriend, I was just so fresh to the game. It took mm. me ages to even like start dating. And then when I did, I I think he definitely ghosted me, but I also think I deserved it because he did try and give me all the healthy signals that this wasn't a serious relationship. Such as? Well, like he just didn't write back all the time and mm. he wasn't always available. Um, he didn't introduce me to his friends or his housemates. Like all these kind of little things that when I look back, I'm like, he's just not that into you. Yes. But at the time I was just like, because he kind of had good chat. I was like, this guy's really into me. Like, what am I going to do? I was just <laughs> yeah. a fool. And then um, he just stopped writing back to my messages. And I was in a drunk, a drunk period, really, post-breakup, mm-hmm. but in a drunk texting period. Oh, amazing. Mm. But I couldn't manage full words. I could just get an emoji out. So I would just <laughs> slip him this, like, emoji. So I did, like, the one with the glasses. Yeah, cool, <laughs> cool glasses, which emoji. is, like, the least cool thing you yes, can do. Yes, I know. It was cringe. Um, and... He didn't write back, surprisingly. Mm. And then later that night, I saw him out. And it was just, like, so serendipitous and and awful. And he was so nice to me. And, again, he was just doing that kind of nice ghosting where he's like, I'm just getting through this awkward moment. Yes. But then instead of just being a normal person and leaving it, I then messaged him the next day and was like, Mm. I was like, God, I didn't really – he was really into me. And he didn't write back. And then finally I was like, oh, my God, no. (laughs) The whole time. How how many years ago was that? Oh, like – Oh, five or something. I love how honest you are about that. Like, you really put yourself out there multiple times oh. and you're just owning up to it. I just didn't get it. I was just too fresh. <laughs> yeah. The broken heart does crazy things. Mm-hmm. You say that you're a bit of a ghost to Jack. Yeah, I think that if I was to take Alan's words, I'm more of that low-key kind of ghoster. Like, I think that I ghost not, like, ages after I've been seeing someone, like, maybe a couple weeks or something. Like, I feel like that's when it deserves a conversation. But when there's sort of been, like, a lead-up to conversation and then I might have gotten with someone and slept with them and then later I'm just kind of like, oh, that just didn't really tick with me properly. I'm just going to, instead of, like, completely ditching it and never messaging them again, I'm more of, like, a, am just going to slowly feed you kind of, like, hints that maybe I'm just not really as into this as I... Yeah, rather than... Because I don't want to sort of be like, hey, look, I'm really sorry. I uh, don't want to see you anymore because then that person might be like, oh, that's very presumptive of you to think that, like, we Mm. were seeing each other. So I guess I'm more sort of just like an awkward, like, I'm just going to hope this goes away and then we can be friends. Right. Well, I don't even think that's ghosting. Mm. I think that's, like, a very modern way of dating because we are so connected. You can text people all the time. I think that's, like, just drip-feeding them slowly. It's like morphine to the veins, just slowly kill them off. It's weird, though, because I've told people that before and they've said, oh, then you ghosted that person. But I guess that, like, there's a... Where do you draw the line with these sorts of things? Isn't ghosting when, like, they seem to be really into you? And then all of a sudden they stop. I think like, that's more what it yeah. is. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, then I probably did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to I be very fair. Changes. Yeah. I mean, I would have probably fed like a lot of, like, been very interested and then gotten to a point where I realized, oh, I'm not interested in this person anymore. I'm going to, mm. you know, just maybe Change just back away a little bit. Yeah. Totally. What about the other type of sort of ghosting behavior? I think this is more malicious. When someone is like a hoverer, so, like, they're not that into you, but it's more... I think it's called breadcrumbing. Mm. We spoke about this in mm-hmm. a previous episode. When Have you ever done that thing where you're not that into someone, but you don't want to completely cut them loose? So you might send them, like, a, a DM yeah. every, like, couple of weeks, couple of days. I do that a lot. Really? <laughs> and I think that's just a reflection of 
you know, how interconnected we are. It's mm. just all too easy to do it. And also you're always looking for attention. So if, you just, right. if you, you're going through a period where you just like haven't got, I don't know, stimulus in the form of someone else, you'll be like, I'm going to throw my sure thing a bone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just throw the net out and hope yep. to catch a prawn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite. Well, no, We've swapped thing, now. You've, you've swapped with me now because I've been breadcrumbed, which is the opposite. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just annoying. It's really inconvenient. Yeah, like, get off me. Yeah, yeah, well, it's almost just like, hey, like, what's going on? And then the person's like, oh, yeah, here's a little bit of interest for you. And then you're like, cool, sweet, all right, uh, can I follow up on that somehow? No. Oh, okay, doke, all right, what are we what's doing the then? deal? Yeah, and then a little bit later, like, here's another breadcrumb. I'm like, um, mm. no, I don't think I want this anymore. Thanks. No, no, I, I, I call. I believe you. No, no, no. I'm very strong about these sorts of things, I think. Where, you say that you're strong. I'm curious about where that strength came from because I would say that I'm I'm pretty strong in like if someone's not giving me 100%, I think this is because I'm very egotistical, then I'm just like, nah, I can't. I can't deal with someone being half in, half out. That's good. Where do you think your strength to say, oh, nah, not into it comes I, from. I think I probably think about things on a much grander scale than I ever need to. So, like, if, say, I'm entering into something with someone, I have no idea of what it is yet. Um, it could be casual. It could be not. Um, I think about it in terms of, like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, and if this one thing that they do pisses me off, then I'm not going to fucking bother. I love that. Yeah. Like, I love, yeah, I love that you admit that you think of the long game. Yeah, like, I mean, if I'm... If I'm in, I feel like if their little shitty behavior is going to piss me off in the immediate turn, then it's going to piss me off later. Like, if a person breadcrumbs me and then ultimately ended up sleeping with them for a while, I'm going to be thinking the whole time, wait a second, that person kind of fucked me around at the start. Why am I really doing this? Totally. Yeah, exactly. But you can't deny there is that, like, it is literally the age-old thrill of the chase. You, you do become more keen on people that don't give you everything because you're trying to... You're trying to get that, you know? So I feel like breadcrumbing just, like, always works because of that. Yeah, there is a good point behind that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you kind of, like, most people would find it hard to resist because, you know, you're like, oh, I nearly got them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. It's, it's funny how we have to think of ourselves as commodities, but sometimes mm. you do need to do that in dating. Sometimes if someone's too available, mm -hmm. it just turns you off. Yeah. I the value that. isn't there for me. Yeah. I think as long as you're honest, but, like, if you're really into someone, you don't have to text them all the time, but that can still be mm. you can still be keen. Oh, that's a segue. That's my mm. own trying to work out my own personal <laughs> It's really hard because you're, like, you want to be the kind of person that's, like, I don't play games. Yeah. I'm older now and it's so good just meeting guys and, like, no one plays games. But it's, like, you kind of still have to in some way. Well, in life in general, yeah. you have to play a game. Like, you have to walk with confidence when you're feeling like shit yeah. and you have to do this and do that. Fake it till you make it. What about this, Jack? Mm -hmm. This is quite a gendered question. Sure. But I'm a straight woman, so I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I think that men have this expectation that they can't say to a, a woman, hey, I'm actually not that into you. I think it actually goes both ways. Like, I struggle if I'm not into someone to say, hey, look, I'm just not that into it. Like, I'll make some excuse. Like, I'm just mentally not ready right now. Yeah. Do you think that... There's truth in that? Like, do you think people don't want to hear that? I think it depends. Yeah, I mean, I think that people definitely don't want to hear that. Like, for me personally, at least, like, even if I'm not too into someone, I think I'll probably not 
want to tell them that because I don't want to hurt their feelings. I cannot imagine you. What? Not telling? No, what? Saying that saying to someone? That. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, hey, um, I mean, I won't lie. Like, I'll always sort of say something along the lines of, this is kind of how I'm feeling, but secretly I think you're kind of shit. Yeah, um, right, right, like, right. but I don't want to tell someone that because it would hurt their feelings. And like, I don't know, I think that's kind of what I'm most concerned about because I don't want to just like tell someone, hey, I really didn't like you at all and then totally. not worry about me then having to see that person later. The world is such a small place that I want to make sure that when I end things with someone, I can be on the best possible terms with them. You can still invite them to your rave. Uh, yeah, exactly. And get them exactly. to buy tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> can I put <laughs> Always my plugging. on this? Please. I feel, like it's like, I feel like the rise of dating apps has actually made everybody a lot better with that kind of behaviour. It's a lot more... I guess it's become accepted now that because you do have these, you know, first dates, it can be quite quick and transactional. And because you really don't know anything about them before that, it's actually much more normal to be like, hey, both didn't gel, not mm. that into you, no harm done. And I think that's like, that's become okay now. Definitely. Because we're just going off mm. what they put, what you put online. Like, it's hard to actually yeah. gather someone, what their mannerisms are, or if mm. they chew annoyingly. There's so much you don't know. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like you wouldn't be offended if it's like, if it's that straight up after one or two dates, I feel like when it becomes really potential to be offensive is when you've been dating for a couple of weeks because then it's like, shit, they got to know me. Yeah, and they just how do I like it? now? Mm. One thing I have to say, though, is neither of you are from Sydney. And okay. so here's another point, is that perhaps when you're using dating apps in mm. a city that isn't your own, you're like, oh, I have no idea of who this person is. I have no mutual friends with them. Whereas, say, for people who have grown up in the city that they use dating apps in, there are so many mutual friends out yeah. there. And if you do something that's wrong or, like, kind of say something off to someone or, like, kind of insult them a little bit, then, like, that person might then go back and tell things to other people and then it just kind of like at least this is my concern creates like a sort of air of like ugh, tenseness oh absolutely people that you know when i was using tinder in melbourne mm. i would i would usually only like see or talk to people that i had mutual friends with just because people that you're mutual friends with are usually the kind of people that you're attracted yeah. to naturally and yeah i would get into the trap of like texting the friend and saying hey like what's this person like and mm. yeah you have to be really careful about how you how you present yourself. Oh, for sure. code, though, you know, that's kind of good in a way that you are forced to, I guess, think about what you're doing and not be so ruthless because yeah. there's potentially that. I think so, yeah. I've recently started seeing a girl who I have no mutual friends with who's <gasps> also grown up in Sydney and it is like the rarest thing ever. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, she does. Wow. She does rave. Yeah. She raves and you have no mutual friends. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Very strange. But yeah, it's refreshing not to have to think, oh, there's all these people that are... Otherwise involved. Yeah, that kind of thing as well. Like, just don't don't have to worry about it. So you could go, sir, but you're not going to. I think so. <laughs> we live in a world where pizza is the universal language of love and there's an entire subculture of women out there who only want you for your beer. We get it. Dating can be ridiculous. So why not embrace it? Tinder. Swipe right. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Lissinski. We have just had the most largest chat about gut health. Yes, I know. I we, feel like we're transitioning into this podcast like too soon. I know, I know. We got to talk about dating though. We do, I know. Today, another very important topic. Yes. Today, the whole thing that we're talking about is ghosting. Mm-hmm. What is ghosting? Okay, we got to talk. We got to define this. So. Ghosting is essentially, in a dating sense, it's where you've gone on a date with someone and then after that date, you just 
never reciprocate to the person after. You just leave them hanging. You just leave them hanging. You never reply to their texts ever mm-hmm. again. You might not. Uh, you might not follow them back on Instagram. You might not um, just respond to them in any way. And I think the ghostee mm-hmm. is like. What the heck is going on? Like, what did I they've do? Le- they've left me hanging. What did I do wrong? Is it me? Mm. And it's this like frustrating place in their brain where they're like, "Is it me? What there's can no I change clo- about myself?" And there's no closure, right? There's no closure. I was actually reading, so I read a little study on psychology today um, that says the social rejection that we face from being ghosted. Mm activates the same pain pathways in the brain as physical pain. <gasps> really? So you actually feel it physically. It manifests from like the from soul the into the into into your organs. So it hurts. It hurts. So heartache is like a real thing. Yeah, right. And ghosting, I think it's definitely become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, think about our parents. To ghost, I mean, to ghost someone back then, it probably would have been easier because you have no social media and stuff. So you could literally, that would be like a proper ghosting. But these days, I feel like people do it more. Definitely. I think back in the day, like you were saying, people didn't have like, like the way you met another person was through a mutual friend or Mm. through a family friend or a family member. And it's like that world was so tight-knit, whereas I feel like now you can meet people without a mutual friend or without a family member. You do it online. So you do it like there's no intermediary that, like, you're bound to in meeting this person. So it's like you pick him up just like that with a click of a button and people think that, oh, you can just drop a person by the click of a button too. And it's like, no, let's remember we're playing with someone's heart here. And also someone's actual physical pain, as you've just told us, Dr. Allen. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, But you made a really good point before we started recording that ghosting doesn't just happen in dating. Mm. Ghosting can happen in other areas of your life. Yeah. Have you ever been ghosted by, like, a friend or...? I've never been ghosted. Um, I think, look... I think there are two types of ghost tours. There's, can we say? I love how um, it, that sounded like ghost tours. Okay. I want to hear about ghost tours. <laughs> ghost. So we got a. So there's a ghost. Oh, sorry, ghost. It's not ghost store. Ghost <laughs> and there's a ghost tea. Ghosty. So um, I think there are two types of ghosters. So there's like the asshole ghoster, mm-hmm. and then there is. A well-intentioned ghoster, maybe? Okay. So, um, uh, an a-hole ghoster is um, someone who, yeah, let's say just never get, like, the person hasn't, like, they've gone on a date and they've just never replied to that person, never responded, because they are too much of a coward to confront that person about not liking them or not feeling them, you know what I mean? Which is totally okay. Like, you can't expect to meet someone online and then just, like, all of a sudden hit it off with them. Totally, but it's not really fair. Like, you should have the gusto, the guts. Yeah, definitely. To say, hey, I'm not into it. Yeah, and I think people only get those guts when they realise how draining Mm. ghosting can be. And then through time of ghosting so many people... I feel like people should get the message that it's just, like, too much of a burden. Too much. It's too much. Because, like, 
maybe ghosters have this misconception that they're never thinking about that person or whatever, but it's like, especially if you've got mutual friends with them involved and like this world is so small with online now, like everyone has a mutual friend. Everyone is like two degree separation from anyone. It's like, you're going to be confronted with them in the future. You're bound to see them at this 21st, at a birthday, at a wedding, whatever. Like you're bound to see them on a night out. So it's like, you don't want that. It's like a, it's like a dark cloud. It's a dark social cloud. That's always going to hang on you. But also I think there is another type of ghoster. I think there is the well-intentioned ghoster. Now, I may be guilty of falling into this category. So I have, you know, we have disagreements with friends. It happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend who I thought maybe didn't do, um, maybe did something a little sneaky, you know? Um, And I just didn't know. I'm not a very confrontational person, but I realised that... If I care enough about this friendship, then I do need to confront this person. You know okay. what I mean? So I I was basically, I wanted to come across to this person and confront them in a way that I thought, that I felt was constructive to them and could help them. Sure. So I didn't want to make them feel like I'm vilifying them or kind of doing something from a negative, hateful place. I wanted to come from a place of love. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do that because I was like, how could this person do this to me? Uh, like, whatever, whatever. So this brain of mine was going through like a social dissonance. It's like you love this person, you care about this person, but also they just did something to you and you can't let them walk over you like that. It's not okay. Yeah. So that dissonance... That's the sound yeah. of dissonance with my hands. Bang, bang, bang. Um, ASMR. <laughs> um, this dissonance turned into needing time. I yeah. just needed time to resolve this dissonance and find out a way how I could kill two birds with one stone. Continue this friendship, because I'm in it for the long haul, but also tell this person how I feel. Sure. So needing time, did that look like stopping returning calls or texts? It kind of came across as not not replying so wholeheartedly to this person. Okay. But also making sure that if they are, if they do need me, I'm there for them. You're there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still there. There's still that established, like, solid, you know, friendship there. I still want to be there for them. I still, you know, whatever they're going through, I'm here. I'm always free to talk. Well, that is kind of like a type of ghost because it's like, when yeah. someone dies and becomes a ghost, they're not dead. They're still there in some capacity. So mm-hmm. you're still there. I mean, haunting isn't the right word, but mm. you're still there in spirit mm-hmm. when times get rough. But mm. you needed that time to cool off, which is probably a, a, a pretty clever thing to do. I mean, there are people who ghost people forever. You mm. know? There's those type of ghosters. I think this, maybe I'm over-exaggerating a little bit. Let's be real. This ghosting went around for like three weeks. But for a friendship, that might seem like a long time and like, what the hell? But I found that I really needed that three weeks to realise, who am I? Am I someone who's going to let someone step over me, stand over me? Or am I someone who's going to stand up for myself, but do it in a way that um, is productive and constructive. Yeah, so it was a constructive ghost. Yeah. I've I've been on the receiving end of being ghosted <gasps> before. 
Tell me. God. It was by a friend as well, which I always find... I've been ghosted both in a relationship sense and in a friend sense. Mm. Um, and I found in a friend sense it hurt so much more. Mm-hmm. My best friend in high school, we were friends all through, you know, high the high school years, mm-hmm. did everything together, never once fought. We were those kind of girlfriends. And then after school ended, a couple of years later... I'd go to like text her or say, hey, we're hanging out and I could never get in contact. We could never link up. I thought that's really weird and it mm. happened over like a few weeks. Then I ended up just calling her one day and saying, hey, like what the hell's going on? You're just totally ignoring all of my yeah. wanting to hang out. Yeah. And she basically said to me, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't like who you've become, she mm. said to me. And then that was it. And it just took that one phone call, you know, absolute bosom buddies, like bestest of friends yeah knew each other better than anyone else but she just decided that we weren't she didn't want to be my friend anymore and then we we never ever spoke ever again like um, she was you know part of the same friendship group but she sort of eradicated herself from that and just totally and now we wouldn't I, i can't remember the last time that we texted or anything but we still have each other on facebook and everything so she's still there yeah but i just wonder like do you see what I'm doing? Do you yeah. ever think about our friendship? I, but I think, like you said, this is inter- This is why it's so interesting hearing your story about how you needed to ghost yeah. that friend. I'm not sure what I did. I obviously had done something mm. to upset her. Yeah. She never really made it clear what that was, yeah. which is upsetting. That's sort of like a ghost in and of itself. Yes. But hearing your story, it's kind of like, yeah, she probably needed that time for the, those three weeks where she wasn't responding to my texts mm. to understand and I guess yeah the phone call helped but it still felt like a a ghost like a loss yeah like a cutoff a cutoff yeah Yeah. I think as you said when a person isolates themselves maybe from a whole group of people and it's not just you as well Mm. that might mean they're going through something maybe whether it's mentally or emotionally or spiritually, whatever. Um, But I think there's also... I think what we also need to keep in mind, getting a bit deep here, but if someone ghosts you, sometimes they are just going through something. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, maybe they don't want to put that burden on on you Mm. or they're just not ready to talk about it or they don't want to open up in that way because maybe your friendship has never experienced something so deep before. Totally. So maybe this person, it doesn't mean that they don't love you, they don't care about you. Maybe it means that they love you so much that they don't actually want to put, like, any hardship on you. Yeah, You know what I mean? They don't want to burden you. So I think we also have to have the benefit of the doubt for people and be like, okay, if you've cut me off and we've had such a solid ground behind us, let me reach out to you first and just make sure you're okay. Right. Rather than why are you, yeah, rather than pointing the finger, more checking in. Yeah. That's a really nice point just generally with friends, right? Yeah, true, true. Because when when we're hurt, it's so easy to think, why did you do this to me? Why did you do this to me? But it's more about what's going through with them. I Also, though, on the dating front of things, ghosting can sometimes be an okay option. Like, let's say you've started dating someone and then you've gone on a few dates and then they do something that just totally turns you off. Like, have you ever gotten the ick with someone? Yeah, I think we all get that ick and I think it happens pretty early on. Yes. 
But again, like, if I get an ick, I'm like, I'm still going to give you, you know, some kind of benefit of the doubt. And we're See, still going to nice. have a conversation. See, I if I get the ick and I can't, I can't be, you know, what's the alternative that to ghosting, being honest with them and saying, hey, actually, yeah. the way that you ate that sushi, just something clicked in my yeah. brain and I hate you. Because it can be little things yeah, that yeah. turn you off into yeah. a ghost. Yeah. You just know. Like, if someone's slurping a miso soup, you're like, I just could not be caught dead with you at Westfield. I need to get out of here. I need to leave Westfield. Yeah. On the next bus. Yeah. So she trained no more for us. Today, we have Kasha. She's a writer at Pedestrian, and she's in the podcast studio. You've got a disaster date for us, don't you? I do. I do. When was this from? Was this recent? This was a... About three years ago now. Okay, so it's not too fresh that we're going to be unpicking any wounds. No, it's definitely just funny now. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, so this was a blind date setup, um, <gasps> and all I can say is never let your straight male friends set you up. I sorry, I need to interrupt you. That's a thing. My dad, for example, is a straight male, mm-hmm. and he'll always say like Lucinda, I met the, this guy at work. He's perfect for you. He's very handsome, and he'll show me not to be mean, but they're never handsome. You just can't trust. Yeah. Or they're like not. Well, this was <gasps> the opposite. He was very handsome, but there was nothing else. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that my friend didn't even know this guy that well. What? Like, I How did you know him? We worked together. Okay. And I assumed that it must have been, they must have known each other for a long time or whatever. But no, after the disaster date, he was like, oh yeah, I barely know him. Like, oh. maybe don't set me up on next time. people you don't know. Yeah, right. So where did you go on the date? Um, We just went to the movies. I was living in Leichhardt at the time. So we went to the movies in Leichhardt. This guy was in the reserves for a football team, the Tigers, I think. Okay. Um, so he couldn't really get out until late, and the only thing really still going was the movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's Hunger Games time. <gasps> Big. Yes. Um, so I went and met him from where he got off public transport, and then we walked down to the movies. The whole time, literally, just like straight into it, you just started talking about his body fat percentage. What do you the mean? Exercise he did. So how did? Okay, so like he gets off the bus, whatever. You meet him on the road. Yeah. He says, "Hey, how are you?" And you'd never met. This no, is totally blind date. Yeah, we've never met before. We like spoke on the phone, but that was it. And how did you know? I mean, you'd seen photos of each other, right? I hadn't actually seen a photo of him. So how did he you know it was he? Saw photos of me. Him? Know. Did he see you? He did see me, and he was also the only person around. So it was kind of like. You're going to be you. really awkward right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember how he segued originally into the body fat thing? Honestly, no. Like, I don't think there was a segue. I think <laughs> he was just like, this is what I do with my body. <laughs> what? Cool. What was the percentage? I can't even remember. I zoned out, but it was very low. <laughs> it was very low. He was very fit. He had a very nice body and, like, kudos. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't want to hear about it. I just want to see the results. <laughs> Holy hell. So when you got to the movies, I'm assuming he didn't get the popcorn with extra butter. No, he uh, he got a Powerade. Okay. Yeah, that, that was about it. Need um, that muscle recovery yeah, at yeah, all times. Exactly. He did just come from training, to be fair. <laughs> um, but he left in the middle of the movie to go get the Powerade, which okay. is a little strange. Interesting. Um, we should point out now that I love Hunger Games. Okay. I'm very passionate about Hunger Games. And it was the second time that I'd seen it, but sure. I still am a very serious moviegoer. I'm like, don't 
talk to me while there's a movie going. Oh my god, don't talk full stop. If you're in the cinema. Yeah, exactly. Like, stop. Um, so yeah, I don't know. He decides he needs a Powerade halfway through. Uh, he like pops out. I'm like, whatever. So watching my thing, I had my phone on silent in my bag, obviously. Didn't even notice that he'd been gone a while, but he'd been gone a while. Mm-hmm. And then he like came back in and he was like, I was calling you. Why didn't you answer? What um, do you mean? He's like, I got locked out. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah, he got locked out of the cinema. So like this whole time he's been like looking for a Powerade, got locked out of the cinema. I'm just like not answering my phone, obviously, because. It's a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, he was very upset by that. And after the date, when he was talking to you in the he was talking to you in the cinema? He kept talking, he kept asking me if I wanted to see selfies. What? Yeah. Like, the right once he got back into the cinema, he's like, do you want to see a selfie? Pulls out his phone and he's just flipping through all these selfies of himself that are literally the same pose in a different hat. Kasha, <laughs> like in a different hat. Like, it's, I'm not even kidding. It was the exact same photo, and I'm like, I'm sitting right next to you. If I want to see your face, I'll turn around. But I want to watch Hunger Games. I'm obsessed that it was the same like picture, but with different hats. It was like so his good. cookie cutter pose. Obviously, he'd worked out that's how he looked good. No way. And it wasn't mirror selfies, or no, no, it wasn't. So it wasn't like gym selfie. He was like fully clothed, but it was just like he had the face. Kasha, that is the weirdest thing ever. It was ever. so strange. That's spooky. I'm spooked. so weird. Far out. So you left the date. You're a bit shook because he's interrupted your movie with his selfies. How did it end? Did you ever tell him that what he was doing was weird or you just let it fade? I didn't go into specifics. Um, we, like, we hugged goodbye. Um, he said that he wanted another date and just... I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. And then sort of later that night, I texted him. I was like, it was really nice meeting you, but I don't think there's anything here. And then for the next, like, month, he continued to, like, text me or be like, what's up? Why? What happened? He got his friend to phone me to tell me what a good guy he was. Oh, my God, Kasha. It was so weird. I was just like you just need to stop, like, at this point, because he was like, oh, can we still be friends? And I'm like, I mean, we never we really weren't were. friends, yeah. but, like, okay, whatever. But then at this point, I'm like, you just need to stop talking to me, please. Sweet baby Jesus. I just think he wanted someone new to send selfies to. Can you blame him? I mean, you know, <laughs> fine. But as long as I don't have to talk to him at the same time. Far out. So out of five for this whole experience, it was one date, but it really was more like a month-long one-way relationship, it sounds. Yeah, he, he found it hard to drop off, I guess. Oh, poor thing. What would you rate the whole experience out of five? You know, like, the actual date itself is a pretty low rating, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a really good story now. Yes. So I'm going to, like, pick it up to, like, a four because it's a funny story to tell. It's a f- Those bloody hats. Yeah. Was I, it a snapback? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense with the selfies. It's all coming together. I can picture it in my head. (laughs) Yeah, he's that guy. Football player. Yeah. Swag. Gym junkie. All that. Oh, Lord. There we are. Really, the moral of the story here is if you're going to take a lot of selfies and post them, do something different than just a different hat. Um, I'm going to finish up this episode with a story that we shared about a month ago, about the most savage ghostings in history on pedestrian TV. This is my favourite. I met this guy at a bar. Drinking and dancing ensued. 
At around midnight, he says, hey, I know of a really good kebab shop down the road. And nothing says romance like a drunken kebab with a guy you've only seen in dimly lit lighting, right? I was hungry, so we stumbled down. He was clearly a regular as he knew exactly what to order and was on first name terms with the guy working there. I paid for both of us and he told me to go sit down and he would wait for our kebab order. After a while, I realised these kebabs were taking their sweet-ass time, so I went to suss it out and the guy had gone. I asked the kebab owner, shop owner where he went and, more importantly, where my kebab went and he denied me ever ordering a kebab despite me having handed him my money. After some drunk swearing, I asked the manager, who thankfully made me a free kebab. How's that? You meet someone at a club, you take them to the kebab. I'm imagining lamb on chapel for those Melbourne listeners. <laughs> and then they're ghosting you. Hope that makes you feel better about any times you've been ghosted. Thanks for listening. And as always, swipe right. We live in a world where there are plenty of catfish in the sea and ghosting went from supernatural to natural. We get it. Dating can be rough. So for now, why not take it easy? Tinder. Swipe right.